0: Welcome to the Control Alt Azure podcast. I'm Yussi. And I'm Tobias. Join us
1: for a journey in the cloud. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Control Alt Azure. I am again here with Yussi. What's up?
0: Hi, Toby. All is good, again, uh, I've been doing gym visits quite frequently, and it it basically means that I am in recovery mode every day that you hear or see me. (laughs) And the other big thing for me is that I've been working at Microsoft now for about a month. So so fiddling with with full-time work, school that I do on the side, some hobbies, the family commitments, and the side projects, just like this podcast, it's tough, but it's also positively challenging. So that's really what's up for me.
1: How about for you? Sounds like you you need some good coffee along the way, huh? Yes. <laughs> uh, so for me, I have just like you also picked up my my new gym membership, and I have scheduled some PT sessions at six o'clock in the morning. Oh, excellent! Which I am starting to regret already. Uh, but I know it's going to be good. I've, d- I've done that in the past. So. Um, other than that, I have also put Azure functions through some real rings of fire um, with large-scale enterprise kind of tests where it makes sense to uh, implement proper async patterns, dependency injections, and you need to have proper testing and, and stability, reliability, and resilient code, you know, all these kind of things. And that's been quite the learning curve. So maybe this is something we can do in another episode. Um, for today, we're talking about some IoT stuff in Azure. Yes, and IoT, I feel, uh, for the past couple of
0: years, it's, it's been a big topic, but at the same time, if I meet with customers, I meet with professionals people are kind of fiddling with IoT, but perhaps not really doing things unless they invest in hardware and, and actually start using multiple devices. So, so I think probably the most beneficial way for this episode is to kind of first define what IoT is and then have a look, how do you get started with IoT? What are the components involved? And, and perhaps some, some good practices that, that we picked up on the way.
1: Right, that sounds good. So let me ask you that question then. What is IoT and how does oh, that fit into Azure? That's a great question, next question. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: for, for IoT, uh, for me, it's always been more about having a device, having the thing, and then getting that connected. And in the context of Azure though, it's still the same thing, but then there's the IoT edge or edge computing, which is not the same thing, but talking about IoT edge, uh, that, that the relevance in there is that you connect something not probably from your secure, trusted network, but perhaps something that used to be called the DMZ, the, 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 the militarized zone, where you would put non-trusted or partially trusted services and you would expose those. So now with IoT Edge, I would have my devices... And they would send or receive data from the cloud, meaning Azure in this context. And I could easily connect those and and build this sort of bridge between what I have in the real world and what I need to have in the cloud and how do I use that data in both environments.
1: And I've, I've used IoT Hub in Azure a bit. And I mean, it strikes me as a surprise every time I use it, how easy it is these days to do exactly this, where you have your device and get that to talk to a cloud service because you need to progress the data and put that into a table or into some kind of database or visualize with Power BI, whatever it is. It's so easy using the IoT hub now with, with all the support for Event Grid and, and Logic Apps and machine learning and stream analytics and you know all kinds of integration points. Um, so it's like talking about building some kind of software for IoT and your devices. Number one, what kind of devices Are we talking about? Are we talking about mobile phones? Are we more talking about light bulbs and kind of mini computers and your refrigerator? Or is there a limit to what you can actually build in IoT?
0: I'm sure there's an official definition what that's going to be. But for me, what I've been able to build with customers and also what I've been able to build at home for my own use to try and learn how to work with IoT in Azure I typically start with a device that I feel it should be affordable, it should be cheap enough. So it shouldn't be a full-blown server or a workstation that I need to manage and patch and and keep running. But rather, it should be something that, that serves a useful purpose for me. So I'm a big fan of the Raspberry Pi devices. And the latest version is the Raspberry Pi 4. So I have one of those, the four, and I have a couple of the older models, the three models. I think it's 3B plus something. And and they can run Windows 10 IoT Core or they can run a Linux distribution for you. And I started with, with Windows 10 IoT Core back in the day when it became supported. But lately I've more and more aligned myself to running Linux distributions. And then it allows me to basically SSH directly to the device, configure what I need to configure and and also leverage any of the sensors, any of the capabilities that the physical device has. And I can leverage that data I get from those sensors and work with that data against Azure
1: um and that's that's an interesting also thing about whether you go windows 10 core or if you go on linux or wherever you go but these days i feel i also did exactly that i was also on windows core but i have quite a few devices most of them are running debian or raspbian or some linux distribution because everything i build is in.net core and now i build everything i think the official support. Uh, with IoT Hub is .NET Core 2.1 for Linux and 2.1 for Windows but for Windows you can also build .NET Framework 4.5.1 or 4.7 I believe. Um, so it kind of depends also do you build only .NET Core then you don't have to think about where we're gonna put it then you can use the the other factors for that uh, if you're on the full .NET, then it's it's gonna be Windows Core. Exactly. And, and one of the, uh, the
0: smaller devices that I purchased last year was the Raspberry uh, Pi Zero. And it has a, has a model uh, called wireless as well. So it has Wi-Fi built in and it's super small and super cheap, meaning that it also consumes not too much electricity. It doesn't have any moving parts. So I built that in anticipation that it could get data from my home send that to the cloud and react mm. based on the what what the cloud is telling back and and I liked it because it's much more cheaper than a than a pi4 so I could have multiple of those but it also means that it's more limited meaning starting from the connectors if I want to connect a keyboard I cannot simply connect a full blown usb uh, to the device I need to have an adapter and that's a bit more rare so I end up with dongles I end up with these specialty equipment things that I only use for this one
1: device right so that kind so, of so the size of the devices become bigger than the actual re- full Raspberry for yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and and the aim for me was to build this info display at home and I've seen those in in plenty of restaurants you go to the uh, men's room if you will and there's a mirror. And behind the mirror, they have something that that uh, um, puts a display uh, behind the mirror. So you will see the weather and perhaps what's the queue to the bar or something like this. And I, I felt I'd like to get something like this for my home. When I'm leaving home, it would show me where's the closest tram and how how many minutes until the next bus arrives or how's the traffic situation. Mm-hmm. And the Raspberry Zero would be... Ideal for this because it's so tiny and small that you can actually hide that behind a display or the mirror as opposed to using something larger like the Pi 4.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, So what I did for for my project was not a a mirror, but I I built an automated greenhouse. So my, my brother has an actual pretty huge greenhouse in his garden. And so I built a miniature... Proof of concept for that to automate everything from putting water in the buckets and filling that and tapping into the rainwater um, buckets to see how much rainwater there is and how much you can pump out and measure the temperature, humidity and the soil moist and you know all kinds of stuff. Um, and I also use a Raspberry Pi 3 for that and deploy that on using .NET Core, uh, Azure IT Hub, a Raspberry Pi 3 and a couple of devices. That's it. So it was pretty easy to do that. Um, and I really, really enjoy the the simplicity of these things. So talking about that and talking about you have your device, you have some smart idea for whatever you want to do with it, like your mirror or my greenhouse or whatever it is. What do you need to, to get this running on the Azure side? Because you want to talk with the cloud and use some processing power there. So in
0: essence, you need to configure your device first. And as, as part of that, on the Azure side, you need Azure IoT Hub. So that's a service you provision perhaps once or you, could, you, you would have multiple instances. And that's the central gateway and hub for getting your incoming messages and also talking back to your devices. And, and with Azure IoT Hub, it then allows you to do whatever you like with the data you get from your devices. And I got started with Azure IoT Hub uh, with the standard tier, which means you pay a bit on that per month, but it gives you all the capabilities so that you can freely test on on what, what you're actually planning on building. And the IoT Hub then will process your messages that your devices are sending. So in your greenhouse example, you might be sending messages perhaps once per minute and for my uh, example, where I want to see the, uh, the, the position of the tram or the bus, how far is it from my home? Should I leave now or am I going to miss the tram? That would perhaps give me per second um, updates. And that then uh, defines what you need on the IoT Hub side. What's, what's the tier? How many messages are you expecting to get? And what do you want to do with those messages? Do you just need the, the real-time data for now? Or do you need historical data to store it someplace and then analyze it later?
1: And one thing I particularly like with this, uh, and with the Azure IoT Hub, is because I, I've seen a lot of projects exactly handling exactly this—the things you mentioned. But if you don't use a like a standard for it, like the IoT Hub has a lot of standards, and they also have. Integrated security, security center for IoT, for your devices, Uh, you can secure the communications with SaaS tokens, with individual uh, X509 certificates for authentication, all these kind of things. I know there's other ways to deploy your things to other clouds or to, you know, some IoT startups where these things might not exist. So it's also something to be quite aware of that a benefit of doing that on Azure is all of these things comes baked in handling messages, building, you know, huge message, message queues and processing that with event grids and whatever you want, but also everything around that doesn't have to do with your business logic or the code, uh, but the security. How do you secure devices? How do you secure the connections? How do you secure, how do you r- route your device data and integrate with other services in Azure? And all of these things kind of come built into, into Azure IT Hub as well. Yeah. And, and the
0: beauty was for me is that I started with the Raspberry Pi 4 and what I built initially, this was uh, last summer during my summer holiday, and I simply had nothing to do on that given day. So what I built is um, I got these wireless temperature sensors uh, and they also give you the humidity and, and the, uh, the location of the device. So I'm reading data from multiple sensors and then i'm collecting that on on the actual device the thing and that pushes one json package to azure iot hub and once i get that message in in iot hub it's up to me to decide what do i want to do with this and for me what i quite frequently use is i use azure functions so i push data to azure iot hub once it gets there i will push that to azure function that parses through the json package and then perhaps does some transformations with the data, and then stores it to someplace else. Maybe a database, maybe Azure Table Storage, or calling an API and pushing that, that data that I've cleaned, and I'm certain it's valid, and then it stores that and allows me to work on other services in Azure.
1: Yeah, yeah and that makes sense. Um, and I, I really like this idea of, how simple that is and similar to what you do with a a json uh, a blob or a json pack is that's also what i did with the greenhouse i collect a lot of data i do this every 30 second so every 30 second i have i think 16 sensors with different things i have i can control fans and open hatches and like there's a lot of motorics and things going on as well all of these will send their current state and and you just ship that to Azure. And in Azure, then I can process that and determine what I need to do because the current state is, you know, 37 degrees Celsius inside of the greenhouse. That's way too hot. Then I can trigger a function or in the function, I can trigger a message back uh, to the device saying, open the hatch and then it starts a fan. So this is also something like device to cloud and cloud to device type of messages. Um, are there other ways to do that other than um, event grid and functions? Because I know you can integrate, for example, with logic apps. Is this something you have tried? Because I've, I've only used functions and event grid and storage account, accounts and Power BI to visualize my data and then take action based on my functions. But I know you can use logic apps and, and stream analytics, for example, to process a lot of data. Is, is, do you have any experience using those? Yeah, we used once. This was a couple of years back,
0: and and what we wanted to do back at the office, we had some some uh, offerings, some servings for customers. They would visit the office, perhaps wait twenty minutes before they get to do their certification exam, and and besides coffee and cookies, we wanted to give our customers candy as well. So, so <laughs> we would have these plastic boxes full of different types of candy, and and you would get this. Uh, Small plate, and you could collect the "Oh, I want the green ones, I want the red ones as well and right. and, and we wanted to know that whats what 's the consumption how 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 many kilos of candy do our customers consume <laughs> and and I figured perhaps i would I would have a sensor underneath each container holding said candy, but that proved to be a bit too complex at the time, so what we did is um we reused one of the old Nokia tablets, the, the, the red ones running Windows 10, and, and it has a nice touch display. And, and that ran uh, a web page that showed a picture of each of the candies, and you could vote what's the best one that I'd, I'd like to have. And, and even though we are not really using IoT, the thing, in a sense, because it was basically a website, that's one of the ways you could do it, because this way you get the message to Azure IoT Hub, and then that can raise an event to run your Logic App. And I would probably use a Logic App if I if I knew that there's a business process beneath everything. But if it's simply data that I then need to store, perhaps visualize in Power BI, and show that uh, at the cafeteria TV, that this is the temperature and this is the CO2 levels, and this is the amount of cars we have parked at the, at the, at the parking lot, then Logic Apps might prove to be a bit too complex, or introduce too much overhead for the benefits of just getting the data and showing something.
1: That's pretty cool. And I, I like this, always taking a step back to, to understand, do I need a function, or do I um, need to use a logic app, or do I need to put it elsewhere? And, and this is it's a perfect use case for yeah, where you maybe don't need a function, but you would put it in, into a logic app instead.
0: Yeah. And then one thing you get from Logic App, of course, is that if your business requirements change later on, somebody tells you that, well, actually, this is not the thing anymore that we'd like. We'd like to do something else starting next week. Uh, when you use logic apps, and perhaps even with functions, you can fiddle with everything you have on the cloud side quite freely, but you don't have to go back to the device to reprovision something again and, and tweak code on the devices, because you might have 500 devices doing something, yeah. and you, you don't want those devices to be under constant management and administration. So yeah. just get all the data from the devices that make sense, and then fiddle with your architecture on the cloud side.
1: Yeah. So that that also makes sense then to um one thing I realized was exactly this where you I did not build the software on the device to do specific tasks. I built the software to accept messages and whatever came into that message is what it executed and when it sent messages it always sent the current state of all the components. So I could change the logic on the azure side, you know, how I handle things and what I send back if this happens You should open the hatch, or you should this, or you should that, and then I can send the right command, but this is logic I could then later change only on the Azure side without pushing this to all the devices. In my case, I had only one device, or two devices, actually, but if you had, like you say, hundreds or thousands of devices, then it makes even more sense to think about that.
0: Yeah. And you also get the reporting from the IoT Hub side. So you can use the traditional Azure monitoring tools to figure out, am I receiving messages from all the devices? Should I do something if I lose one site with 20 devices? Should somebody go there physically and see if if there's a problem with the connection or with the devices, for example? So in that sense, even if the device is not giving you anything, that's a signal that you might need to react to it.
1: And, and talking about thousands of devices, I know you can also scale the solutions. Uh, so with IoT Hub, you can scale to like millions of simultaneous connected devices. And, you know, there, it's a huge scale. It's not like we're talking about some hobby projects and some candy and a greenhouse and a mirror, which is super small scale. But if you have millions of devices in, in an industry or a factory or, you know, what, what, whatever you have, this is also something that Azure IT can handle pretty seamlessly. Um, maybe that is something that comes down to what pricing tier in the end that you select, um, but it's also good to, to understand that it has support uh, for pretty big scale, so it is cloud scale, it is enterprise huge scale capable also, it's not just for, for your everyday hobby projects.
0: Yeah, looking at the, uh, at the limitations or the scalability for Azure IoT Hub, I started with the free version in my initial tests that this was last summer. And I went with the free tier, which is part of the standard tier. So it's free edition part of the standard tier. And the free one gives you 8,000 messages per day per IoT Hub unit. And this is typically more than enough unless you're sending messages every second. And then you go with standard one, S1 tier, it gives you 400,000 messages per day. And that will cost you about 21 euro. So that's what, $25 roughly per month.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I, I know there's, there's tier standard two, standard three, and they support 300 million or maybe it's more, but it's, it's in the hundreds of millions of messages per day per unit, which is a lot.
0: Yeah, and, and obviously this is not the only cost because let's say you go with S3 tier and you're expecting 250 million messages per day. That also means that you would need to have the backend built so that they can receive those 250 million messages or if it multiplies, how do you store, how do you process those? So yep. this reflects on the additional cost on your databases, on your Azure functions and on your storage as well.
1: So so talking about pricing now when we're talking about it, like what is the cost of a Raspberry Pi? Like if I want to get started, let's go back to hobby projects, because some people listening might want to start dabbling around with Azure IoT and, and some devices. What is the cost of uh, you know, whatever Raspberry Pi you want to get and then getting started with Azure IoT Hub, the lowest or free tier? Uh, I've, I've seen that
0: the cost differs uh, not much, but quite a bit depending on where you buy the devices and, and which devices specifically. So the Raspberry Pi 4, which is capable, capable of running your desktop software as well, that goes for about €45 Euro for the device itself. Then you need the SD card that, that is your storage on the device. And typically 8 gigabytes or 16 is plentiful. And that's about 5 to 10 euro, roughly. So now we are at about 50 to 55 euro. Then you might want a case to make it look nice. That might be about 15 euro. It's it's a piece of plastic, so you could 3D print it yourself as well. But I find that I can just order something, a few euro, and save two hours of my time. So now we are at roughly 65 to 70 euro. And then it's wireless, so you might not need anything else besides the PSU. So, something to power it up and it powers to USB C. Uh, and I found that if you purchase the official USB C charger uh, or, or the power adapter, it always works. But if you use any random USB C cable connected with something, it might be flaky and your Linux or Windows on the device will start acting horribly. So okay. roughly, yeah. roughly, I would say about 75 to
1: 85 euro for the whole package. That makes sense. And then to add on to that, from from my experience, what I did is, for the greenhouse, I'll put some links in the show notes for that also. I use something called Growth Pie, which is from a company called Dexter Industries. And they are also huge in providing small components, easy-to-use components. And the good thing here is they also have Nougats. So if you build on .NET or .NET Core, they have Nougat packages. So you can just pull in the, the Nougat to your project and say, I want to connect to my LED socket kit or my button or my uh, light sensor or whatever kind of component you're connecting, like a touch sensor or yeah, whatever it is, a buzzer. And in the code, you just say, I buzzer connect to this device on pin five, and that's it. So the code is super simple. Um, so that can also, of course, add some cost if you want to buy all these cool components to build something other than just you know software on the Raspberry. But you want the Raspberry to be connected to something. Um, and and talking about that, how do you prefer building software and solutions that you will put onto your Raspberry Pi? Uh, The first few times I built
0: everything with Visual Studio. So that was Visual Studio 2017, uh, a year or two ago. But then I found out that Visual Studio Code actually has a fairly nice plugins and extensions that support Azure IoT Hub, which means that once you build your code, okay, this is the sort of data I'm getting. This is how I'm sending the messages. This is how I format the messages. Then using uh, Visual Studio Code, it allows you to directly within Visual Studio Code to submit test messages to Azure IoT Hub and see on the client side how it's reacting. So you don't always have to hop back to IoT Hub, start refreshing Azure portal to figure out, did I get anything? Mm -hmm. So you you can do the whole deployment and testing using Visual Studio Code. So I ended up nowadays, uh, using Visual Studio Code as well as Visual Studio 2019. So, my preference if I'm building something that will be deployed to Azure, my preference is to use Visual Studio 2019. But if I do something that I run on the client side, I often resort to using Visual Studio Code.
1: Yeah, my experience is I've mostly used Visual Studio 2019 or any edition of Visual Studio. For, for building these things so I have not yet tried Visual Studio Code for this purpose but that's a great tip and uh, I'll definitely try that out next time I get a chance to to build onto these things because uh, I really like it. like you mentioned you can test your messages is it actually being received correctly and uh, with Visual Studio it's not clunky but I know by experience Visual Studio Code when I want to launch it and I have an idea it's gonna launch in just a few seconds Everything is right there, and I can get started with Vicious Duty. It does take some time to load. Um, Other than that, I I like both tools for for different tasks.
0: Yeah. Um, And and perhaps the thing, really, to take the, the key takeaway here is that if you want to build something as a hobby project, you can start with cheap devices. You just need the free tier of, of Azure IoT Hub and you're good to go. But the exact same technologies, the exact same things you learn doing your hobby things will then transform to building enterprise grade IoT solutions.
1: That's pretty cool. So I, I think we covered a lot of a lot of ground on getting started with. IoT, IoT hub in Azure and and yeah, some small experiences around it. Is there anything else from the top of your head related to these things without drilling down into another five hour discussion?
0: <laughs> I, I think we covered all the essentials. So I have a couple of blog articles that I wrote last year when, when I had this experience fresh on my mind and what I learned. So I'll make sure to link those in the show notes as well.
1: All right, cool. So then, I guess that leaves us with the final thing of the day, which is the Finnish and Swedish word of the day. So we can indulge in some ling- linguistics. Yes, and
0: and I've been trying to memorize each time we we learn our mutual languages. I've been trying to memorize those, and and I'm getting better <laughs> at it. So I can start with the Finnish version first, and and this is a this is a phrase that especially IT people like like to use. So let me first say it in, in Finnish, then Alex explain what it means. So the phrase in Finnish is "booti kaiken muutti." Okay. And "booti" means rebooting, uh, typically a PC, a server, and "kaiken" means everything, and "muutti" means changed. Meaning that if something is not working, a reboot that changed everything, and <laughs> okay. somehow it magically works now. So once okay. more, "booti kaiken muutti." fluent so Perfect. now now you can work as an it consultant in finland as well
1: finally after 11 shows you know i've got it i can move to finland yes
0: you're ready now <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right and so from my side the the on the top of my head the swedish word of the day or phrase of the day would be Ingen kyu and the actual meaning is you know don't worry or don't worry about it but the literal translation is there is no cow on the ice. I don't know why we say that, but we do. So when it's, don't worry, don't worry about it. It's okay. Ingen ku po There's no cow on the ice. Yeah,
0: I, I knew all of those before, but I wasn't sure what ku is. Uh, so isen is ice, and uh, ingen it means means nothing or, 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 or uh, not relevant in this sense. So let me try this. and uh, ku po isen. Perfect. So now I know no cows on the ice even though in Finland we don't have any ice yet it's it's not too cold yet so I'm quite certain we don't have any cows there either
1: Yeah and even when we have snow and ice our cows are usually not standing there I honestly don't know where it comes from but it's a funny thing no cows on the ice that's don't worry about it
0: it's okay Good so now I can be skooks to gig and have ingen
1: no worries about that. And after we're done here, I will probably go Yes. All right, cool. And thank you for today. See you next time. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to
1: the Control-Alt-Azure podcast. Find out more and read the show notes on controlaltasher.com. Stay tuned.